this week on Ace on the House. Your mom, by the way, one of my first meetings with your mom is she pulled out pantyhose. That, uh, with the, <laughs> <laughs> I was like in the fifth grade. And Ray's mom, she came out with pantyhose, just regular pantyhose. But in the middle, there was like a sock sewn in for like a dick, you know, but it was made out of like pantyhose material. And she was like, pantyhose for men. <laughs> and I was like, I remember being like 11, being like, oh, scared. Okay, okay, lady. All right. All right. I get it. <laughs> she was laughing. I think she made them. And I was like, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, That's good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, pretty evolved sense of humor. Was, pretty evolved sense of humor there, right? Yeah. She, she really had it going on. Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday or visit aceonthehouse.com only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Okay, welcome podcasters. This is the musical part of our program. Um, We're still with, uh, what's our boy's name? Uh, it's Cole Porter. Uh, as I said the last time, we did two on Cole Porter. He's written many, many things, mostly for the Broadway uh, theater. Um, but he was prolific and, and multi-talented, and both as a musical musician and a, a poet, because he wrote the lyrics to everything, too. Anyway, so we're going to do we got you under my skin and it'd be so nice to come home to. One, two, uh, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
Okay, welcome, podcasters. And we want to start off by saying Ray's birthday was yesterday, so we want to wish him a happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday, Ray. Thank you. Yeah, and for the podcasters, so, and people that follow Ray and the different shows he's on, um, yesterday was his birthday. All right, now we're going to kind of pick up from where we left off last week, but just a couple of reminders that we've been uh, from our past couple of shows of our father and son is to, it's the idea that in mature life, could I begin to experience my father in a different way? Um, And we said that, you know, if he's available, then certainly try to see him in person and begin begin to kind of um, explore uh, ways we could be closer. But if he's not available, either geographically or, or uh, deceased, and then I remember I used the word, I called it intrapsychic realm. In other words, if we don't have the person to speak to, in our own being, in our inner, inner life, we can begin to realize how important it is to begin to uh, forgive him if we have that sense of feeling that he's done us wrong and in some way, but to begin to forgive him and so we can become free of it. So that was one of the main things and all the things we've said about Father. Now, last week, um, we began to try to take a slow, uh, how, how would you describe your present situation? Remember, for those who tuned in last week, the situation and ideas regarding our more meaningful way of organizing, upgrading my life. So to do that, we really kind of kind of have to take a step back, whatever the motivations of our life and, and that wheel we're turning on so fast, taking care of everything. Um, we have to step back a little bit. And the first thing we said, my personal living space. So podcasters, as you check into that, just take a look around the apartment I live in, our house. Um, we're stepping back from this mechanical momentum and beginning to look around. Not just a dwelling place, but is it a comfortable place? It's a place that you almost like to call home. You know, I had an experience this week. Um, Lynn and I were talking about um, in the house. I told that was part of the show. And, we, you know, we came up with that our bedroom, we moved some of the furniture around and um, put the bed in a different place in the bedroom. And, and it really, it really, we both felt much better about it. Um, that's an example of something you see in your house and you say, hmm, what slight improvement could I make? Shall I be closer to the window? Shall I have more light, less light? So, Should I get rid of my bondage bed from 1986? Yeah. That's a good birthday question. Well, no, I have this steel bed, and everybody thinks it's like for some kind of weird thing, which it's not at all. And by the way, it never has been. But I feel like it's um, dated now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I need to get rid of it. I want some low-slung, like Japanese-y cool thing, you know, more modern mid-century versus this, you know, Mexican wrought iron thing. Mm-hmm. So let's say Ray and I gave an example both of our our space to live. Uh, Gary, how about as you look around your apartment, anything 
Hmm, what could... Get some furniture. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say I- I've really been growing a lot with the art lately, and that's, you know, that's something that's there. Um, there's, st- there's some stuff in my house that was hand-me-down from my family mm-hmm. that uh, I wouldn't mind replacing. Just, it doesn't really... No one else would ever notice it, but it looks out of place to me in my own home. It looks like it belongs in my parents' home. Yeah, okay. So that's Gary's take on his space. So podcasters, again, go back to your space now. We, we, we have, so you have an idea, we're given the examples we gave, um, about this space itself, this space itself. You know, I'm, I'm cleaning up a lot lately, and speaking of space itself, I don't sew. But for some reason, I have like seven sewing kits. I know three of them are my mom's, right? That the holdover, leftover stuff. By the way, I just got rid of those. But then it's weird, the stuff that you're attracted to or the, the stuff that you accumulate or the attachment things. And if you can rifle through them or, or really look at them and know that you don't need nine. Because there's a lot of nine, tens, and elevens going on when you only need one. Mm. At least for me. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so Ray's doing a, a lot of ordering of his of his uh, house and garage and things that accumulate. Garages. There's three. Three garages. All right. And he's um, starting to uh, give away, throw away uh, things that he's not using, um, and things he has many, many tools and. Instead of 100 screwdrivers, maybe only needs uh, 85. We'll we'll say 86. I I might even get it down to single digit. Really? Yeah. But you know what's funny? Like the stuff that I put out, I just put it out to the curb. It's always gone. But then other people put shit to the curb, and it's fucking there for a couple of weeks, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's a little bit of my OCD going. Okay. Like somebody put a couch out there and one one of my neighbors, and I I have to go knock on their door and tell them, listen, you got to do something about it. Hmm. And I'm not taking care of it. All right, that's, that's my qualm. Okay. <laughs> All right, now let's, so that's that area, that's ongoing. Podcasters, <laughs> you can let us know. You think? Um, you can let us know how, how you're doing with it, um, what you're thinking about it. Um, okay. How many nail files do you have at home? If you were to guess. Two. Yeah? You, and you know where they are and all that, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, pretty much, yeah. All right, I got 30. All right. Ray's got me. Uh, he beat me bad. I'm <laughs> killing you on the nail he's, file scene. He's, uh, oh, my God. He beats me in all areas. Yeah, man. right. Of a fucking clutter and accumulation, I'm killing you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay. Um, uh, I need... Do you think that any essential change in parts of my life, inner parts, like my perception, my thoughts, my hierarchy of values, is possible now or long and short term? So something in my own psychic life, inner life, uh, any essential change that, um, that I might come across? Am I thinking, am I finding out that I'm just obsessed in thought and have no control of it? Or emotionally, am I hanging on to things that I can't let go of? 
Um, so just do a little scan in the intrapsychic world. And that would be another, another area. Well, all that stuff I was just mentioning to you, that's definitely like an emotional attachment holdover stuff, you know, from yeah. youth, you know. And mm-hmm. then when I look at it, you know, I, th- I have art projects from when I was in fourth grade, which some of them are fine to keep. But some of them aren't, you know, <laughs> they're just not. I don't need my pinch pot from 1972. You know, in fact, I'm Hold giving on it, to that coil pot, though. I'm giving coil pots awesome. I have that. That's on display. That's a good looking in fact, piece. You know what? Though, here's, this is ironic, Gary, mentioning you. Remember, I went golfing with Gary yesterday. And by the way, he kicked my ass. But um, I said, why don't you come over? And then he goes, all right, I'll be over in like 10 minutes. And then I, I thought I took a beat or two and I'm so embarrassed of – See, I, like, knew, I knew that was what happened. I could tell in your voice because you – I acquiesced to your request and you like this were like, no, 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 we'll meet there. No, we'll meet, we'll meet there. Because I was embarrassed Don't to show be. you how I, I'm living right now because yeah. I am going through this – it's more than stuff. It's way bigger than that. But – I changed it on, on a dime and I go, fuck it, we'll meet there, okay? And it's like, you know, I know he's going to, you know, cave to whatever my request is. So it worked out. First of I, all, fuck that. I do not cave to your every request. I am not your servant. You. But yes, <laughs> You're I'm, my channel. I'm pretty easygoing. Yeah, but I, I was so embarrassed to let you see, like, the state that I'm in. That's why I had to I had nick that, you know? And I have like I have an, a helper right now, and I have you know an, an assistant or whatever you want to call it. And um, I was talking to her, and I go, "Listen, I, I can't even have anybody here." And she was, and she looked at me, and she went like, "Oh yeah, you're right, because this is fucking retarded." You know why do you have six sets of speakers? Oh, I do. Yeah, they're going. Anyway, so that so you're talking about emotional hold on, holding on and, and stuff of that nature, Jim. That's what I got. Okay. Jared, did you want to add something to, to this? Yeah, he's coming by my house today now. <laughs> okay. Uh, not, not right now. I, okay. Maybe may in a minute. Okay, yeah. I, I thought you were trying to. All right, that's fine. Okay, so you can see we're c- covering little different areas of our life. And later we want to go on to something um, more innerly. But right now, we're just kind of taking a look at our life. Do you remember how you got into your profession? How did, where were the first beginnings that you went down that road? How about you? Um, let's see, for me, um, the job that I was in, I was a, I was a, director of education of a center for disturbed children. Um, and, um, and being in that institution, there was a lot of, there's a whole psychiatric part of it. So I would, I would attend the meetings representing the educational part of it. And, um, and there'd be a psychiatrist and social worker and so on. Anyway, um, what was your title? Director of Education. Okay. So they all met in this, you know, that would be quite frequently. We had meetings. And um, 
can't think of his name now. Anyway, the the psychiatrist there said that uh, he said that he, he saw that it had a kind of a psychological muscle, sort of something beyond my job as just being in education. That I ordered a lot of uh, that I uh, was very creative in the treatment um, <clears throat> part of it. So he said, you know, you ought to really try to be more in the counseling world. Seem to have a lot of talent in that area. So I would say that's where I began to realize, though I was, I was about Ray's age about that time. Uh, Ray and Adam, they're both in the same area. Um, that I would have to go through a lot of schooling and training because I had a, I just had a, a, um, a bachelor's. Um, so that was like a very strong turning point going becoming a therapist. One, there's been quite a few, but that's one. Okay, how about for you podcasters, how did you first get get into that stream of what you're doing? I think I think most of us, well, my generation, people that I know that do what I do, like your son used to, I mean, he changed it up. He, you know, went 180. But it was more or less you were, um, you know, you were you were stuck in the labor world at some level. You know, you were chattel or you were indentured. To, you know, I'm big, I'm strong, I do construction, that kind of crap. Yeah. Or you went and worked for your friend's father's construction company over the summer and then it just wound up being, you know, one of your buddies got into something. Like Chris worked at a printing press for a yeah. while and all that kind of thing. Adam did construction for years, you know, and then bellied out to doing his comedy and doing characters and doing what he did and went to Groundlings and Acme and so on. But I think for like my generation of dudes that I know that do, you know, work, work, you know, floors, be it drywall, framing, plumbing, whatever they do, I don't think anybody picked anything. Mm, that's interesting. You know, I mean, you don't pick, you don't choose to do what I do for fulfillment. Hmm. That's not part of it. Hmm. That's interesting. So people searching around and and they realize they can, you know, they can begin at some point uh, in the hierarchy of labor. So you 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 moved up quite far in it. You, you do much more sophisticated work. No, I'm saying is, but where you start. You yeah, know, where then, you start. And then, you know, you get into some – like I, I did a, a ton and ton of brickwork, you know, which is super laborious and really, really dirty but really good money. You know, at the time it was, you know, taking these URM, which means unreinforced masonry buildings and bringing them up to code and you could make a, a gang of money in it, you know, then. And, um, you know, so you just you – just, you, chase, you chase making a living for the most part. You know, you chase making money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the beginning, interesting part. People that fall into that, uh, say one of the differences with Ray is that he kind of, a skill level kept rising. Um, are you, are you, do you think I want to do it now? <laughs> 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 okay, that, that's going to be another question that I want to do uh -oh. it now. But um, Gary, how, how, did you, how did you end up here? Uh, I was working for a law firm and listening to the shows that come out of here uh, during my work day. And I uh, went 
down to the Irvine Improv where Adam did his first live show and shoved a resume into Donnie's hand, who was shortly thereafter my boss. Dream come true, baby. (laughs) If only only I knew what I was getting myself into. (laughs) I didn't know what Gary just said. I didn't realize he started that way. So he was a great border. He brought a resume down, and he gave it to a person on the staff, uh, an Adam show, and they and they just called you shortly. He gave or? me he gave me an email address and told me this was around the holidays, and he said we were about <laughs> to shut down for Christmas, but email me after the holidays, and then once every I don't know two or three weeks, I would write a different lengthy, well thought out email. And just make it clear, made it clear in each that one. That he didn't read. No, he definitely <laughs> didn't read. He probably forwarded them to Kathy, which was who eventually ended up hiring me. But I, I just made it clear that I wasn't going to stop and that he was either going to keep deleting my emails every three weeks or mm. he was going to call me back. And four, four or five months later, called me back. Wow, that's, that's an interesting road you took. And we really have spoken about Gary's um, lineage in the family. And that there was in his lineage is, is the line does have a, a people that are confident enough to go after what they want, and that's so he comes from a background. I think it was his grandfather, uh, if I remember right, was yeah he had quite a, a lot of accomplishments. His dad too, they went to school, and then end up in, um, as a, was he an officer in the, in the service. My grandfather was my father. Uh, was not an officer, I don't think. Okay. So Gary's in that line, so he kind of showed it. He, he kept he kept trying, he kept trying, and finally he got it. So so that's a lot to do in our families, whether there's a passivity or whether there's some aggression in the family to get ahead. Um, so that his his uh, his lineage has has that. How about for you, Ray? Um, is My there, family lineage? Yeah. Oh, come on. You know it. I mean, it's just farm girl, st- farm girl, literally, and, you know, every other which way. My mom just, you know, head down, work, that kind of thing. But not work at anything esoteric or anything, just mostly manual. Yeah. You know, no education to speak of, even though when you look at a report card, even though it's in German, she did really well in school. But she got kind of put down by yeah. – she was in a male-dominant environment. Yeah. And her mom, who was my grandmother, I remember her when I was six. She was just a – she was not – she was very hard, very hard woman. You know, but been through the war, all that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, dad, grandpa was in um, Siberia. For six or seven years, and then he finally went back to um, Germany. But um, he was bright and he was smart. And you know, mom left. Mom got out of there as soon as she could. So she was like seventeen, eighteen when she left Ittening, mm-hmm. which is a tiny little rural farming town in Bavaria. Wow. You know, you used to have to work the fields and all that. Dad's lineage was. Um, Grandpa was a dentist and very successful, and my dad was a uh, – my dad was super wayward, you know, getting into trouble, all that kind of stuff, mm. you know, from youth, I, I assume. I mean, at least those are the stories I heard. Yeah. And then dad 
you know, supposedly there's another, you know, I have a brother named Ray. You knew that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking retarded. I'm going to have two kids named both Ray. I mean, what the fuck is that? But anyway, that's what he did. And um, I guess he's he's in New York, my uh, my older brother. Older than my brother that I know as my brother. You know, I assume he's in New York. But um, mm-hmm. and once in a while, I'll get something in the mail. He's a, I think that guy is a uh, a longshoreman or something, or an oil mm-hmm. worker. Because mm-hmm. once in a while, I'll get something in the mail that I have benefits coming, and I never did the job. But that's my dad's thing. My dad mm-hmm. laid this path of um, where you never, it was unsure, and it was, you never got the truth or yeah. what you thought was the truth from my father. And my mother was, you know, all about, you know, there was no passivity in my mother. She was, she was uh, kind of rough around the edges. Mm. See, Ray's mother, really like my mother, different generation, but uh, Ray's mother, I think an example of a person that had an intelligence and that if she wasn't in, in the cultural situation she was in, and somebody took an interest in her or somebody would help her to see her intelligence, she could have been a professional person. Yeah, but she's, she would squelch it at, at every turn. You know, she did not have whatever her father did to her or whatever his comments were. Like I remember my mom telling me a story that, you know, the open house in, you know, circa 1950, whatever the hell it was, that – her father went to the open house and was, you know, interviewing her teacher or something like that. And the teacher said, you know, Irena, that's her name in German, is one of the brightest students. And his reply was, you have a dumb class. <laughs> so I think my mom, my mom internalized that, you know, pretty much her whole life mm-hmm. at some level, you know, which is really tragic because she was, I mean, English was her second language and that was pretty evident, but she was Right, you know, but she never would give herself that kind of credit, and I kind of I've done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So podcasters, as we examine this in our own lives, um, think about yourself, how you got into the profession you're in now, what you're doing. Um, was there an important person along the way that encouraged, uh, which um, sounds like Ray's mother? didn't get and her father had a real negative attitude towards her that she carried that attitude with her and again didn't get a chance to really use her whatever her talents really would be um so in your own life was it a teacher or someone that helped you to move somewhere or to go to school or something we're beginning exam we're beginning to examine very basic parts of our life um I mean, you you pursued the trumpet wholeheartedly in your youth, direct lineage to your dad. Right. My whole line in, in Sicily, the Casabona was a, it's right above, it's a small town. But anyway, there were brass players, my uncle Sadafine, and there were others that uh, they had like a brass band. So when some of them came over uh, to America... They continued with their music, and and, uh, the idea that I'm also in brass, and my father 
also brass. Just like a line. There's some families that are more string-oriented. Somebody plays the violin. You better, you better get Sonny a trumpet or something soon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Sonny, oh, yeah. He's going to be a movie star, Sonny. He looks like Peter Lurie, by the way. <laughs> um, so our beginnings now, you know, was, did anyone encourage you? It could have been just a teacher or like Ray found uh, uh, with Will? Will, close by, and really had a mentor. Um, so we're, we're investigating that area, but I see our time is starting to yeah, come up. Yeah, but before our time yeah. comes up, we got to head down the Amazon, you know? That's where yeah. we go. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla, and this is a plea, because business is business, and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea, and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. Hey, everybody. We also want to thank you for your donations, the PayPal donations. Sincerely and honestly, we are grateful, and you guys have been great. So yeah. go to go to um, acejimcarolla.com to donate anything you want, and... We'll give you a shout out, and we again are honored. Thank you. Sure, are. yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, so as we continue to move now, we're doing basic, basic searches, the space I'm in, how I ended up in my profession, who are any mentors are along the way, what influences that I get from my family, what, what theme in my family, whether. I'm, was there momentum of uh, positive uh, streams in my family or negative? Or... So we're beginning to search that, and we're going to go on in that We're going to go on a little while in that direction. Then we'll go into also in, into a, a deeper realm of it also. I'm going to speak about um, the importance of a silent witness to witness whatever our life is. That'll be coming up also. Okay, so thanks again for tuning in and keep keep us in mind and don't send some questions in that you might. This yeah, is, please. We would really we would really like that, and we won't embarrass you or anything. You know, you can send them in anonymously. Also, Jim yeah. Carolla at adamcarolla dot com is the email address to send those two people. And by the way, Jim's Adam's dad. <laughs> okay, so podcasters, thanks for everything. Those people donating and those listening are doing both. Um, and we'll see you next week. One, two, oh, one, two, three, four. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.
to the ACE Broadcasting Network.